This Advisor Success Series podcast is brought to you by Astron Life. Get more out of Astron Life. More opportunity and value for both you and your clients. We're in Melbourne this week speaking with two 30-something entrepreneurs, Chris Guy and David Maloney from the Avant-Garde Financial Group. While already experiencing success, Chris and David are continuing to build a multidisciplinary advice business proposition that combines financial planning and mortgage advice together with their life and general insurance advice services. Listen to Chris and David as they reflect on what their key learnings have been to date in the development of their advice business and how they're positioning for further success. We're talking today to Chris Guy and David Maloney at the Avant Garde Financial Group here in Melbourne. G'day Chris, g'day David. G'day Peter. Thanks for joining us. Um, Can you give us a brief description of your business as it is today, who your clients are, a little bit more about your business? Yeah, sure. So the Avangard Financial Group consists of three businesses, financial planning, mortgage broking and general insurance. Um, The first two, financial planning and mortgage broking, um, the clients we target, they're uh, barristers, uh, medical specialists and allied health professionals such as osteos, podiatrists, chiropractors. The overarching theme there is that uh, they're all self-employed and they all tend to be quite goals-driven. Um, general insurance is probably its own base in itself, and Chris runs more of that. I think you could probably touch a bit more on the GI side of the business. Yeah, look, the general insurance business is uh, uh, ranges you know, has a lot of feed, you know, consistency with the financial planning and the mortgage broking business. A lot of those clients are also general insurance clients, uh, professional indemnity, business insurance. Uh, we also have uh, a range of manufacturing. Um, and property related clients, so more your traditional commercial insurance type stuff. Okay, so how did uh, the business evolve to offer uh, key key advice planks such as financial advice, mortgage broking, uh, general insurance? What's yeah. the story there? Yeah, so I uh, I left the large dealer group uh, at the end of two thousand and seven, um, and although the legislation would tell you otherwise, I've never really seen the distinction between financial planning and mortgage broking. Yeah. I've always seen them as one and the same. So from an early start, uh, probably mid-2005, um, we started offering debt advice. Uh, we found that a lot of the times, the first time people really needed any sort of advice was in relation to um, obtaining their first home uh, yeah. and how to you know, save their deposit and what was involved in there um, in, in doing so. so We've never really seen the distinction between those two, so that's always just been one and the same. Um, and then I, my father was in financial services. He was an uh, ex-insurance broker, uh, and he retired at the end of 2014. Um, so that's where the, uh, the commercial insurance aspect comes into it. Okay, but you came from a large financial advice licensee. Did you take any learnings from that as you began your own business in 2007, Chris? Yeah, I sure did, and I think a lot of that's playing out with the, uh, the Royal Commission at the moment. I learned a lot of what not to do, uh, and that was probably the primary reason why I left uh, at that time uh, mm-hmm. in 2007. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of the issues at play at the moment, uh, a lot of the structural issues and a lot of the conflicts which I wasn't happy with or wasn't comfortable with. Um, so yeah, I took that opportunity to... Uh, to step outside the large dealer group and uh, set up my own business. All right then, so David, earlier you were talking about the uh, particular speciality or um, 
occupations, uh, yeah. uh, predominant occupations of the clients that you serve, but their characteristic was that they were all small businesses. How did that come about, though, the, the lawyers, the doctors? How did that particular um, occupational group um, come to be a specialisation for uh, Avant Garde? Yeah, I mean, initially I was fortunate enough, one of my best mates uh, was a barrister, um, and he was the head of like the Young Barristers Association and, and so forth, and he referred new barristers to our business. Um, over time, we established really strong relationships with some clerks, and anyone that's new to join the bar, they tend to refer them on to us, and even existing uh, barristers, they also refer on to us. I guess they're the traditional uh, centres of influence um, in that industry, um, and they can direct you know, really quality clients uh, to our business. Uh, Chris established a fantastic uh, network with the osteos, um, with the association. Um, we're probably one of the more prominent brands, I think, in, in the osteo community. Is that probably fair to say? It is, yes. Yeah. Yep. In, in the financial services space. Um, so okay. um, I think uh, identifying you know, quality services of influence, and, and that's really uh, helped our business grow organically, I guess, over the last 11 years. All right, thank you. Now, you, you both uh, would appear to be in your 30s, is that correct? Yes. And does the age of your client base reflect uh, your respective ages to an extent? <laughs> to an extent, I would say it certainly does. Um, I think our client base, you know, would generally be from... 10 years either side, I think. Yeah, yeah, probably not 10 years on the lower side, but certainly above, 30 to 45 would be uh, a fair representation of our clients. Yeah. So it'd be reasonable to suggest that you're, you will be continuing on this advice journey with your clients as they continue to evolve in their own um, careers and, and, and occupations? Yeah, spot on. Uh, it's almost uh, a Maslow hierarchy of needs sometimes, like... First, it was getting the, the home, um, then it starts becoming about things that are around the family, um, and we envisage that becoming you know things around the estate going forward. Sounds like a, sounds like a, a pretty pretty reasonable plan for in terms of uh, long term um, business development. Right. Now, I understand you've experienced business growth mm-hmm. over recent years. Uh, what do you put it down to? Is it the the fact that you do specialise in a couple of particular areas? Or what other factors have contributed to the growth uh, of avant-garde over the last little while? I think there's a number of factors that have contributed uh, to that growth. Um, uh, I think the multiple service offering in terms of the different disciplines uh, Mm. that we do provide our clients. Uh, I think also the intimate understanding of our clients' personal and financial circumstances. So whether it's professionally and and the personal um, circumstances as well. Uh, has allowed us to identify needs and become their trusted advisor in a lot of ways. So we have a lot of clients who, um, you know, will, will come to us and ask us on their opinions on certain things, which invariably may or may not lead to additional services that we can provide them. Um, and then also being able to develop a intimate understanding and knowledge of particular occupations um, mm. and, and the lifestyle that they will experience within that uh, career has allowed us to... Uh, um, Okay, so it's the focus to an extent that's yeah. helped you identify who you are and how you add value? Absolutely, for yes. Sure. All right, so when talking about this, this um, uh, multi-level approach in terms of the services that you deliver, that Avant Garde delivers its clients, uh, one of them is retirement planning. Chris, I was wondering if you could reflect on that because uh, speaking with you today, it um, seems to me that um, a lot of your clients would be a fair way off retirement. <laughs> Look, that 
is by and large correct. Um, however, touching back to my father being in the financial services industry before I was, uh, we do have a, a number of clients um, who uh, were clients of my father's uh, originally, who are now clients of ours, um, and they tend to be um, a little bit older, uh, so they are retirees. Um, so I do provide the, re the retirement planning uh, and the transition from working across into retirement. Um, so the structuring of income streams, Centrelink entitlements, um, and, and, and the advice required about that going forward. Okay then, and David, what's, what's your background? We've got, got from Chris that he's a second generation effectively uh, financial advice, but, but uh, running First his own generation. race most certainly. What's your background? <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, Chris and I actually met each other in 2007. We were uh, in the same office just in Collins Street. We're in a shared office working off the same AFSL. But I just finished university and was looking to build a, a book of business straight away. Um, in 2007, at the peak of the market, um, kind of counterintuitive uh, in the sense that people would probably look at that as a bad time to probably start. But it was a really good learning lesson uh, for myself and I think Chris as well. Um, we didn't have walked the expectations of what markets can do and we saw how bad it could get. Um, but yeah, Chris and I got along really well. We knew we had different personalities and they were complementary. And then I think uh, in 2011, we decided to merge. Uh, we were doing the same thing, targeting similar, def uh, similar de demographics and uh, thought it made a lot of sense. Okay, so um, I guess you're going to tell us that um, as partners, you, you do get along very well, but as you said, David, you've got complementary skills. Um, is there any message for uh, your peers, your colleagues that are listening about if, if, if you are in business with somebody else, any learnings? Uh, is it all um, roses or is there sometimes um, issues that have come up that have helped to make the business a better business? Look, <laughs> um, I think anyone listening today if they've got clients who have been in business would have some war stories of businesses and partnerships that have gone bad. Um, so the only advice that I would suggest, and you know, we bang on about it a lot with our clients, is to, before you enter into any sort of arrangement like this, is to, uh, to assume the worst and map out your, uh, your exit plan and what that looks like and how that works. And, you know, we spent a lot of time before we actually officially merged uh, doing that, uh, putting in place partnership agreements, buy sell agreements, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and it's like anyone, or, you know, if you talk about these things and, and you identify these issues and how that looks, mm. um, you know, you, you minimise the risk of misunderstanding mm. and, and the likelihood of any issues arising. So um, I guess my advice would be just to, uh, to go into it with open eyes. Don't think it's all going to be rosy. Mm. Um, right. And, uh, yeah, just make sure the structures are in place. Okay, so you raise a critically important point about exit plans and the, the importance of exit plans in any partnership business. Uh, again, in your mid-30s, do you also, have you also been looking at succession planning in your business or is it a little bit early for that? It's a little bit early, yeah. um, but having said that, we're always trying to improve the business and have the business sale ready uh, to, to extract the most value out of it. Uh, however, um, Yes, yeah, succession planning hasn't been a major uh, a major focus. It's not a major concern. Right. Okay. So we've talked about um, some of the critical elements in your business: the the, the notion of specialisation, um, the the various advice planks um, that that form the foundation of your advice business. But are there any other critical elements that have led to the success, the obvious um, success of a of a growing practice? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. no. Um, 
One thing I think that sometimes gets uh, not neglected but isn't talked about uh, a lot is um, we're always talking about advice and the value of advice and delivering advice. Um, but I think the implementation side, that's something that we really pride ourselves on. And uh, I think we do that really well. And I think our clients really value that. We take that off their plate. Right. Can you expand a little bit on that, what you mean by the implementation process? Yeah, so it's just... I think you can provide all the best advice in the world, but unless you implement it correctly, um, it's meaningless or almost devalues that advice in a sense as well. So we uh, take a really proactive approach in making sure we take care of everything, take everything off the plate of the client and see it through to the end. Um, it's part, a bit of a mantra with us. Um, we kind of make sure that you know we're not going to leave them high and dry, we're going to see it through to the end. Okay, so in finishing up, a question to the both of you, um, learnings. What learnings um, do you take from your experiences so far? And would there be, if you had your time again, anything you'd do differently as you're building this advice practice? Chris? Uh, Where do we start? No, it's not where we start. <laughs> um, look, I mean, everything that we've done and failed at has you know, led us to where we are today. Having said that, though, yeah. I would... Um, Ideally, I'd like to think that I would learn to say no uh, a lot sooner uh, and, and identify those things that I really do enjoy and I am passionate about mm. um, rather than trying to provide you know, a blanket service to everybody. Okay, so that no relates to um, certain clients perhaps? Absolutely. That, okay. Yeah, certain clients, certain types of clients, certain personalities, yeah. um, people who are looking for a particular type of advice. Yeah. Um, you, know, you can spend a lot of time trying to um, yeah, work with those people or satisfy those people uh, and you never will in, in some cases and yeah, so we've sure. learned that in a number of occasions um, so just being able to identify that and, and I guess that also you have to be able to identify internally what you're passionate about and where you really want to focus um, and then being true to that Okay, thank you Chris David? Yeah, I think touching on Chris we would have started a lot earlier on identifying the ideal client um, it's something we do really well now but if we were to go back 10 years ago, we are just a jack of all trades in a sense, um, just trying to see what's kind of stuck somewhere. But um, I think focusing on the ideal client, um, we're passionate about the demographic we target and uh, we really enjoy that as well. And it sounds like really that, that's a great uh, strong message for other advisors out there about the value of focusing on the ideal client. Mm. Oh, spot on. It's, it's hard to let go sometimes. I think we're getting better at letting go. Um, but it's something that I think reaps towards in the long term. I mean, yeah, I mean, the ideal client gets thrown around a lot, doesn't it? I mean, the, the term ideal yeah. client, but being it's able to specific. identify your ideal client and, yeah. and, and the type people. of person or the people yeah. you want to deal with. People yeah. we like, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Absolutely. right. Yeah, and that you get along with, you, you can build a rapport with. I think that's where Chris and I, we probably appeal to different people as well. So um, that's where we... Uh, play off each other a bit as well. Well, like uh, another couple of these conversations, we'll probably look forward to checking back in with you in a couple of years' time to see how the uh, see how the business has been progressing. But uh, in the meantime, Chris Guy, David Maloney, Avant Garde Financial Group, thank you for your time. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for having us. This Advisor Success Series podcast was brought to you by Astron Life. Contact your Astron Life BDM on one eight hundred. 739-641 to find out how both you and your clients can get more out of Asteron Life.